right, welcome in and welcome back to the Running Hoops Podcast, sponsored by Super Chicks. And remember, that is Chicks with an X. On today's episode, we're going to preview the Pac-12 South, and I'm going to tell you where Utah's non-conference opponents are projected to finish by the various media and coaching polls in their respective conferences. But first, I want to remind you about our contest. That's right, I want to send you to an early season Utah basketball game against Sacramento State or Bethune-Cookman. All you have to do is follow the Running Hoops podcast and then tweet us, tag us in a tweet, or use the hashtag Runnin' Hoops, all one word, and let us know why you like the Running Hoops podcast. And that is it. You will be entered into the contest, and you could be on your way to see this brand new Running Hoops squad and one of Craig Smith's early games in his Utah coaching career. All right, we've got some news and notes to get to before we jump into the rest of our podcast. Randall Godfrey Jr. released his top six, and Utah remains in the mix, along with Texas Tech, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Clemson, and Old Miss. He will have all of the coaches in his home this weekend and then make his decision early next week. Some good news there that Utah's still in the mix with for Randall Godfrey Jr. Four-star big man Adam Bana out of Lagos, Nigeria, via prolific prep of Napa Christian, committed to UCLA. Utah was listed as a team that had offered him, but I was told that that was not the case. He joins Amari Bailey, a five-star, and Dylan Andrews, a four-star, in UCLA's recruiting class, which is currently number nine in the 247 composite rankings and number one in the Pac-12. So UCLA not going anywhere. Utah's game on December 18th against Missouri has a time and a network. It'll be at 230 Mountain on the SEC network. Sports Illustrated did another one of those 1 to 358 lists, and Utah came in at number 99. Notable ranks for their non-conference opponents, Missouri 97, TCU 66, BYU 35, Boston College 154, and their opener, Abilene Christian, 167. Let's get to some exhibition basketball. Arizona beat Eastern New Mexico, 96-50. Benedict Matherin led the way with 18 points, and Christian Coloco added 14 points and 10 rebounds. Former Ute Pella Larson did not play in this game. Arizona State beat St. Catherine's University, 108-41. Poor St. Catherine. BC transfer Jay Heath led the way for the Sun Devils with 18 points, and DJ Horn, a transfer from Illinois State, added 15, as well as going 4-for-5 from three-point land. Cal beat Cal State Los Angeles 92-58 with Grant Antisevich leading the way with 23 points. And big man Andre Kelly added 17 points and no rebounds. You heard that right. Power forward Andre Kelly, Cal's big man, had zero rebounds in a game against Cal State Los Angeles. And finally, Colorado fell on Halloween to Nebraska 82-67. Evan Batty was held to just two points and went 0-for-10 from the field. Yikes. Okay, so where were all of Utah's opponents picked in their respective preseason polls? Well, we start with Abilene Christian. We're going to go in order of the schedule. So Abilene Christian was picked fifth in the WAC. Remember, they moved conferences this offseason. Damian Daniels, a senior guard for Abilene Christian, was picked to the second team all-WAC. And an interesting note here, former Ute Donnie Tillman well-traveled at this point. Uh, He's at New Mexico State now. He was also picked to the second team, all whack. Sacramento State was picked 10th 
by the coaches and ninth by the media in the Big Sky, and they had no selections to the all-Big Sky teams. Bethune-Cookman was picked 10th in the SWAC. They had no selections to the all-SWAC preseason teams. Boston College was picked 15th in the ACC, and they had no selections to the all-ACC teams. Potential opponent Rhode Island was picked 7th in the A-10, and Jeremy Shepard, a senior guard, was named to the All-A-10 team, uh, excuse me, the third team All-A-10. Mikkel Mitchell, a sophomore center for Rhode Island, was named to the All-Defensive team. The other potential opponent in the Sunshine Slam, Tulsa, was picked 7th in the American Conference, and they also had no selections to any of the preseason all-conference teams. BYU was picked second in the West Coast Conference preseason media poll with Alex Barcelo being selected to the all-West Coast Conference first team and, oh boy. I will remember you. That's right. Will you remember me? Caleb Lohner also selected to the first team all-West Coast Conference by the media. TCU was selected 8th in the Big 12. They had no no players on the All-Big 12 preseason team. Manhattan was picked 7th in the MAC, with Warren Williams, a senior forward, named to the second team All-MAC. And remember, that's a long A. There, there's two A's in MAC. And Ant Nelson, a senior guard, was named to the third team All-MAC. Missouri was picked 10th in the SEC with no selections to the All-SEC teams, and Fresno State was picked 6th in the Mountain West with Orlando Robinson, a junior forward, named to the first team All-Mountain West, so he could be a handful when he comes to the John M. Huntsman Center in late December. Some interesting selections. Obviously, I think what this allows us to do as fans is set our expectations that Utah should really be in the mix in all of these games. There are some opportunities for them to get out and get some wins and potentially even get some good wins out of this non-conference schedule. When we come back, we will finish out our Pac-12 preview by previewing the other five teams in the Pac-12 South right after I tell you about our friends at RPT Utah. All right, everybody, I want to tell you about RPT Utah, Registered Physical Therapists. These guys are committed to getting you back to work and play fast. Their skilled physical therapists offer a wide variety of services, including surgical and non-surgical orthopedic injuries, spine injuries, headache relief, balance training, and women's health. With nine locations across the Wasatch Front, they have got your physical therapy needs covered. Go to their website to schedule an appointment today, and they will take care of you. It's rptutah.com. That's rptutah.com. All right, so let's talk a little Pac-12 South, and we begin with the Arizona Wildcats and their new head coach, Tommy Lloyd. This is his first time as a Division I head coach. He spent 20 seasons on the bench with Mark Few at Gonzaga. We've talked a lot about Arizona. Josh Newman and I talked about Arizona. How does Tommy Lloyd make that transition to to the big chair? I watched a little bit of their exhibition game against Eastern New Mexico. Obviously, they looked good, but you can tell that there are a lot of young parts, a lot of disparate pieces. Can they all come together? Their record last year was 17-9 and and 11-9 in the Pac-12. They finished fifth in the Pac-12, but they had no postseason 
due to a self-imposed ban. Their off-season storylines begin and end with Sean Miller. Sean Miller was fired. As I mentioned, Tommy Lloyd, he walks in, he takes the, he takes the job. But are sanctions coming? We just saw what happened to Oklahoma State. Is something coming for the University of Arizona? Three of their top five scores transferred out, and one of and another one of their players transferred in conference, Terrell Brown Jr. He went to Washington. They did get some transfers in. Omar Bello from Gonzaga, Pella Larson from Utah, Justin Keir from Georgia, and they also added true freshman Shane Noel and Adam Adama Ball. Forgive me, Adama, if you're listening. They have been picked fourth in the Pac-12 conference. They tied with Oregon State. And they come in 47th in the initial Ken Palm ratings. They are loaded, loaded with young talent. Tabellus, Dalen Terry, Matherin, Carriza, all of those guys are back and they are very, very talented. Now, schedule-wise, they have got road games at Illinois and Tennessee in December. And then they also play their MTE, their multi-team event in Las Vegas against Wichita State and they would likely get Michigan if they won that game. So a couple of big-time opportunities early on in the season for the Arizona Wildcats for us to see what they're made of if they get past Wichita State. A potential matchup with a top-10 Michigan team looms. Now the Cats will host Utah on January 15th and come to Salt Lake City on February 24th. Up next, we've got the Arizona State Sun Devils. Now, they are coached, of course, by Bobby Hurley. He is entering his seventh season with a record of 104-83, and and he is 50-57 and in the Pac-12 Conference. So, a losing record in league play so far. Their 2021 record was 11-14 and and 7-10, and and they finished eighth in the Pac-12. This is a team that had a lot of talent, but they got hit with a lot of different COVID stoppages, and Bobby Hurley just couldn't quite get this squad to come together in any sort of meaningful way, and they really just had a bad season as a result, and that was manifested in the in 10 players leaving their program to either transfer or go to the NBA draft, and that list begins with Remy Martin. Remy Martin transfers to Kansas and he was picked as the Big 12 Player of the Year. Having walked right into the conference, he's picked to be the Player of the Year. That shows how much respect that the Big 12 media has for a guy like Remy Martin. Marcus Bagley is one of three contributors that comes back, and they got an influx of transfers, including three players who led their previous teams in scoring. Marion Jackson at Toledo, 18.1 points per game. Jay Heath, Boston College, 14.5 points per game. DJ Horn, Illinois State, 15.1 points per game. They also added Luther Muhammad from Ohio State. He did not play in 2020. And then Alonzo Gaffney, who also was an Ohio State kid, but he came from Northwest Florida Junior College. They've also got five true freshmen as well and the 27th best recruiting class in the nation. They also lost assistant Rashawn Bruno, who is now the head coach at Northern Illinois. And they also lost Anthony Coleman from their bench as well. They've replaced those two with Joel Justice from Kentucky and Jermaine Kimbrough from Loyola, Chicago. Now, schedule-wise, Arizona State, 
faces a very early road test against San Diego State on November 18th. And then they get Baylor in the opening round of the battle for Atlantis. They could play VCU or Syracuse. And if things were to break right, there could be some kind of Bobby Hurley versus Danny Hurley, Arizona State versus UConn game somewhere in the battle for Atlantis. I think that would be wildly entertaining, particularly over Thanksgiving, a family holiday where we're all coming together and enjoying turkey and football and maybe a little bit of college basketball as well. They also play Grand Canyon, which will feature two of their former players, Holland Woods and Tayshawn Cherry, as well as Creighton and San Francisco in their non-conference. Now, they host Utah on January 13th, and they will travel to Salt Lake City on February 26th, part of that final three-game home stretch for the Utes. So that takes us to the Colorado Buffaloes and Coach Tad Boyle, who is now in his 11th season in Boulder. He's compiled a record of 233 and 143, going 106 and 92 in the Pac-12. In 2021, they were 23 and 9 and 14 and 6 in league play. They finished third in the Pac-12 and lost in the round of 32 in the NCAA tournament to Florida State. But they were part of that early. Pac-12 surprise in the NCAA tournament beating Georgetown. Now their offseason storylines, McKinley Wright goes to the NBA. Contributing transfers from last season, Jariah Horn goes back to Tulsa. So he's kind of the booth gotch of Tulsa. He was at Tulsa, he transferred to Colorado, and then he transferred back to Tulsa. So we've seen that the same time, or we've seen that twice in the same offseason. Pretty crazy. Deshaun Schwartz goes to George Mason, located in my hometown of Fairfax, Virginia, and Dallas Walton, their big man, went to Wake Forest. So in total, that's 55% of their production from last season gone. Now, they had the number one recruiting class in the Pac-12, according to 247 Sports, and will bring in five true freshmen, but one of those freshmen, Quincy Allen, is already out for the season with a hip injury. They were supposed to bring in Mason Faulkner, a transfer from Western Carolina, but he decommitted at the last minute, and he ended up at Louisville, which is closer to home. They only bring back one player who averaged in double figures, and not surprisingly, that's Evan Batty. But they also bring back guys like Eli Parquet, Jabari Walker, and Tristan Da Silva, to name a few. They've got a really good schedule in the non-conference, where they host Tennessee and Kansas, as well as Milwaukee, who is supposed to have a lottery pick type talent in Patrick Baldwin Jr. And they also take an early road trip to UCLA on December 1st. So we're going to know a lot more about Colorado in early December. They also play in the Paradise Jam for their MTE, which features potential games against Creighton and possibly Colorado State. And I would imagine that the Paradise Jam is kind of pulling for this Colorado-Colorado State matchup in their championship game. They will host Utah on February 12th and play in Salt Lake City on the last day of conference play on March 5th. And that takes us to the UCLA Bruins. They are coached by Mick Cronin, who enters his third season at 41-22 and overall and 25-12 and in the Pac-12 Conference. Their 2021 record, 22 and 10, 30, 13 and 6. They finished fourth in the Pac-12. They lost in the they lost in the final four to Gonzaga at the buzzer as an 11 seed. So what are their offseason storylines? Well, pretty obvious here, right? First four to final four in one NCAA tournament run. UCLA went from an underachieving squad in the Pac-12 conference to a preseason top five team 
and a team who currently has the sixth best odds to win the national championship along with Villanova, Texas, and Kentucky. So those are the the teams that Vegas believes have the same odds as UCLA to win the national championship if you follow gambling at all. Johnny Juzang is back after declaring for the NBA draft, and he will be in the mix for player of the year, not only in the Pac-12, he'll probably win that, but also the national player of the year is with guys like Drew Timmy from Gonzaga. They return everyone from that Final Four team, and they're adding Miles Johnson, a 6'10 center from Rutgers who averaged eight points and nearly nine boards per game. They're also adding Peyton Watson, a five-star small forward out of Long Beach. Watson, having not played a minute of college basketball, was an honorable mention preseason Pac-12 player. And their other freshman recruit, Will McClendon, we mentioned earlier on the podcast in, in an earlier episode, he's out for the season with an ACL injury. They placed three players on the preseason all-Pac-12 team. Johnny Juzang, Tiger Campbell, and Jaime Jaquez. Schedule-wise, they have got a very difficult non-conference schedule, which includes a rematch with Gonzaga in Las Vegas, as well as a game against North Carolina in Vegas. They play road games at Marquette and UNLV, and an early home game against Villanova. That's at next weekend. They will play Villanova at home. They only play Utah once this season, January 20th, in the Huntsman Center. Now, as we've mentioned, that's late on a Thursday night, but it will be a big-time test for the Utes against a top-five team, of course, depending on how UCLA plays in the non-conference. And that's really the question for Mick Cronin and this UCLA squad heading into this season, is how does this team play with a target on its back? How does it play when it gets everybody's best shot. In other years, sure, UCLA comes to your arena and you're like, yeah, we want to beat UCLA. Historically, that's a very good basketball program and we'd really like to beat them. But, you know, they haven't had that cachet that they have that they accumulated in just one Final Four run a year ago. So this is going to be the big question for UCLA as they enter into this 2021-2022 season. And finally... The USC Trojans. Now, the Trojans are coached by Andy Enfield. He's going into his ninth season at USC. He's got a record of 157 and 110 and 69 and 76 in the Pac 12 conference. So, another one of these coaches that's been at a program for a long time and has a losing record in the Pac 12. Now, that could change this season, but for right now, Andy Enfield still has a losing record. In 2021, they went 25-8 and 15-5 and in the Pac-12, and they lost in the Elite Eight to Gonzaga after beating Oregon and absolutely thumping Kansas. So their off-season storylines, they're coming off an Elite Eight run. Can they build off of that? They lost Evan Mobley to the NBA draft and Tajidi, who went undrafted, but they bring back Isaiah Mobley, Drew Peterson, Ethan Anderson, Isaiah White, among others. They brought in Boogie Ellis a transfer from Memphis who averaged about 10 per game. They've also got three new freshmen joining the program as well. Now, schedule-wise, USC's got two early road tests in their non-conference at Temple and at Florida Gulf Coast, which I love, by the way. And I know that there is a connection there with Andy Enfield, but don't be afraid to go on the road in the non-conference. I love this by USC. Absolutely love it. They also have two December neutral games against 
Georgia Tech and Oklahoma State, and they play in the Wooden Legacy against St. Joe's, and then they will either get San Diego State or Georgetown. They host Utah on December 1st and then travel to the Huntsman Center on January 22nd. So Utah is going to see this USC squad very, very early on in its season, and we'll get a big-time look at what Utah's all about uh, when we face USC on the road. The question for USC, for me, always is, am I buying Andy Enfield as a coach? He's been there almost a decade, and he's got a losing record in the Pac-12. Now, like I said, that could change with another big year, but still, I think some there are still some questions around whether or not this guy is a good enough coach to really elevate this program. But we'll have to see. So that is your Pac-12 South preview on one of my upcoming episodes. Before we get to the Abilene Christian game, I will give you my Pac-12 and season predictions for not only the league, but for Utah and anything else you can think of. We'll also have an in-depth preview of Abilene Christian coming up and hopefully some other big things as we get set for the season, which is now less than a week away, which is pretty awesome. It's been a long time coming, and I could not be more excited for this upcoming Running Utes season. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Running Hoops. Subscribe, leave a review, enter a contest, tell your friends. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Andrew Crowley. This is the Running Hoops podcast, and as always, go Utes.